Two on One, a fantasy football podcast with your host, Steven Bautista. Yo, What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Steven Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. The NFL Week 1 is officially in the books, and what an exciting week it was. We had the fireworks in the Big Easy, where Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for four touchdown passes en route to beat the New Orleans Saints. We had the Browns finally not lose in a Week 1 matchup for the first time since 2004, but not win either. And we also had Aaron Rodgers on one leg lead a comeback victory over the Chicago Bears and in the process rip the hearts out of all Bear fans. Tommy, man, I got to be honest with you, man. This is one of the craziest weeks I've ever remembered in week one. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, I think we had 12, uh, 765 points. Uh, 12 of the 16 games were decided by one score or less. Uh, and then, yeah, and like you said, the tie, you know, like not only do the Browns uh, not lose, but they also not win in like the most Browns fashion ever. I don't think there's anything more Cleveland Brown uh, about that than than what happened. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Dominic, what are your first impressions of week one? Well, first off, I guess the Browns don't get free beer, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. not yet. Yeah, they were close. Oh, yeah, that was a crazy game. Um, my other impression, a stat I saw on TV yesterday, seven new head coaches in the NFL, all seven had losses. I think that might be the first time ever as well. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Bad week for rookie coaches this week um you know with that being said let's just jump into our first segment nfl quick hits nfl quick hits tommy so you touched on that uh browns steelers game what are your biggest uh impressions on that first game i mean for me it was i mean that was the game of the week in my eyes um even though it ended in a tie which i know my brother vince absolutely hates um doesn't think there ever should be a tie but the way that it finished uh, as a tie, I mean, to get to that point, what I thought was crazy. I mean, you had uh, Denzel Ward get his first and his second pick uh, in the league. Miles Garrett was six tackles, two sacks. Then going to the Steelers with James Conner, you know, he has 31 carries, 135 yards for two tubs, totally just making, you know, Le'Veon Bell irrelevant uh, for the for the Steelers. Um, which is hard to do, you know. And so there's just a lot of action in this game, um, even coming down to the wire with Gordon, you know, Josh Gordon coming back, tying the game up, sending it to overtime, you know, and then having the Steelers miss a field goal and the Browns miss a field goal. It's just, it was nuts. I, I was watching at my at my wife's work and uh, I was losing my mind. And, you know, for it to have that be in week one, I, I thought was nuts. Yeah, you're right, man. And Dominic, man, Brian Fitzpatrick throwing four touchdown passes against supposedly a really good Saints defense. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't see it coming either. Um, I almost picked the Saints in my Survivor Pick'em League. Uh, luckily, I switched off last minute. But uh, yeah, Fitzpatrick, Fitzmatrick, he he showed up and uh, they didn't read the papers. And they just, you know, that's the that's what I love about the NFL. Parody, anyone can win it any day. Yeah, Dom, yeah, I no, picked the I picked New Orleans in my uh 
in my sur- survivor league and so i'm done yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're the only one tommy man there's tons of people oh my god that probably picked the saints like crazy yeah i think one of the biggest surprises for me was the uh ravens coming out and smoking the bills 40 zero. i mean i, I kind of figured the bills wouldn't be very good with nate peterson uh or excuse me peterman uh but to lose 40 zero, i think he had like four yards or 14 yards in the first half throwing that was insane man that defense Tommy was on point on that Sunday well and I think it showed that you know Nathan Peterman isn't a good quarterback and seeing Josh Allen get the start this week I think that shows that you know and and they switched him out uh at the end of last game and you know it's almost like too bad for Terod Taylor because that you know they thought Peterman was better than him you know but finally we're starting to see that he's not a good quarterback yeah, and then Josh Allen now is going to get the start uh, this week in week two. So I'm interested to see how that Bills offense does. I mean, to me right now, uh, that that team is not fantasy viable on offense, and uh, I don't see that changing in the t- anytime soon. Steve, uh, would you would you include LaShawn McCoy in that as well? Uh, I think I would. I mean, it's going to be hard for any running back to be able to run the ball when in eight and nine man fronts, and I think when you know. They got these rookie quarterbacks or, or second year in, in the Peterman's uh, case. But when you're stacking the box like that, it's hard for any running back to be productive. I mean, and then the old line is just not that good. You agree, Dom? Uh, yeah. Um, I was kind of trailing off thinking about my next. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a good tie. No, I have a good tie in. Um, my biggest surprise was same situation, different team. My biggest surprise was the. Detroit Lions uh, new head coach Patricia defensive guru from New England coming over and getting blown out by a rookie quarterback at home that that I mean similar to the uh, Bills game but that was that just shocked me I mean we're all big USC fans so we all thought uh, Darnold was you know the guy to be the first quarterback drafted and was NFL ready but I did not expect Patricia to get blown out at home as his head coaching debut. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Dom. I mean, to see Sam Donald, what I think he threw a pick six on his first pass, and then for him to to have the moxie to come back and and knock it down. And like you said, we're USC fans. We've seen it tons of times. The guy will make a mistake and and then come back and win you a game. But I think more of what it says, Patricia, what does it say of Belichick's uh, coaching tree? I mean, every single assistant that goes on to to be a head coach that has coached under Bill Belichick has flamed out. See, I mean, that's, Tommy, that's, we had, that's crazy. That's the greatness of Bill Belichick. He produces great coaches, but he has a self-defense mechanism that when they leave him, he implants a little chip in their brain, <laughs> and it turns – that's how good Brett Belichick is. That was a little shout-out for Tommy's conspiracy theories, but <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> no, because I think Steve's right. I think uh, – uh, the coaches that come out of there, they're all really good coaches. They have really good work ethics. They know defenses. They can read schemes, you know, like basically all the X's and O's, but what, what's missing, you know, they're not being successful to the point where they're going to the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl. I mean, I was hearing a lot of bad stuff on, you know, I mean, just talk on Twitter, but about how that loss uh, did sit well with some of the veterans in, in the Lions offense or the Lions locker room. Who would you say is the most successful head coach to come out of the Belichick? Wow. I can't, uh, I can't uh, think of one. Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I mean, yeah. it's a lot, as far as longevity. You know, yeah, he's and he's been to the playoffs. Yeah. He had the brightest future. That's what I was going to say. But he looks like he destroys quarterbacks like it's his job. 
<laughs> yeah, man. It, it, he's uh, he's definitely a uh, a hard coach that you know ha- has a, a hard style of offense, and I think he needs that special guy. But I think with Watson, I think he's found that, and, and they'll have some success if they can keep that defense rolling, and if they can just get Watson under control, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be all right. It's a hard matchup when you got the New England Patriots Week One. So what are, what are your guys' uh, biggest disappointments, uh, or just biggest disappointment on a team this week? I mean, I, I have to bring it up um, because I brought it up last week, the game that we went to, <laughs> the Raiders versus the Rams. I think um, after that first drive, after that first half, we, I mean, the stadium was rocking. We we were going to win the Super Bowl. I, you know, I felt like that was the buzz in the crowd. And then to come out the second half and have it turn out the way it did, I mean, a huge disappointment in my eyes. No, I agree with you, man. Um Dominic, I couldn't believe when I read the stat line on Derek Carr's first half. He was 20, I think he was 20 for 24 for 199 yards. And then just totally went in the tank in the second half. And to me, that's adjustments, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it looked like we didn't make halftime adjustments or we went away from what was working in the first first half. We We didn't target Cook at all. He was a beast. I mean, we did later in the fourth quarter, but... Oh, that whole third quarter, it was. It looked like Derek Carr was was just checking down. And uh, John Gruden said in the news today that uh, there was a couple shots that we could have gone deep, and Amari was open. And he basically, to me, was a shot to Derek Carr, not saying, you know, you're a crappy quarterback. Just I'm going to call everybody out, and you need to be accountable. So I think the Raiders uh, they have a tough matchup this week with the Broncos going into Denver in that defense. But I think they bounce back after possibly an 0-2 to start yeah i hope i hope so too um but with the raiders though i don't think people were necessarily thinking they were going to go to the super bowl and uh (laughs) you know a team that really disappointed me uh if i'm just being honest and i'm a hardcore raider fan but you know i'm an i'm also an honest fan and uh but to me a team that you know had a super bowl aspirations and to me kind of laid out an egg uh was the the san diego chargers or excuse me the los angeles chargers now um you know philip rivers he needs some help, man. They had what four touchdown passes uh, dropped, Tommy. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little underwhelming. I mean, I think uh, a lot of people talked about that defense. A lot of people talked about the improved uh, receivers, and then just the return of Melvin Gordon. Um, and yeah, it was just a little underwhelming um, to be uh, to be frank about it. Dominic, any other teams disappoint you this week? Yeah, we talked about it already. Uh, the Saints D, I, I was really high on them this year. They had the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I read all good things about him coming out of training camp. That was my sleeper D. I took him in a league, and then I could not drop them fast enough when uh, m- when Monday came or Tuesday came around. Um, I'm streaming a defense in that league for the rest of the year. But uh, what I I also wanted to talk about was uh, my experience because it was my first NFL football game, and a little bit out of not necessarily obviously the speed, the hitting was the best part, the live action, but the thing that surprised me the most being my first ever NFL football game playing college football playing high school football and then going to a bunch of high school games is how many less players there are on the sidelines like between the 30s it seemed like with 11 guys on the field it seemed like there was 10 guys scattered around and that just my point to bring that up is and then in college and high school you know you got 100 jersey wearers that are just standing on the sideline but that just brings up my point is um, that's how many least amount of guys these have, and how 
a 53 man roster. I think it's even less than that on game day. You don't have a lot of backups in a lot of positions. And so it, it, that's, that's the biggest thing that stood out for me from my first NFL game. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. Sorry, Tommy, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying, like, I think, uh, you, you start to realize how tough it is to get, you know, guys on the field that are really going to make a difference. Um, even just, you know, when you have less people to choose from, you know, it, it makes who you're going to roster, who you're going to have active that week that much more important, you know, and managing your lineup, um, of guys, I, I think <clears throat> makes such a huge, bigger deal, you know, in the NFL than it is, like you said, in college or high school, where you just have a hundred people that can stand out there you know, and rotate people out as much as you want. Yeah, those are all great points. I mean, that's why a lot of times, you know, teams that win the Super Bowl not necessarily are the best teams, but, you know, sometimes they're just the healthiest teams at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and they get the guys back from injury on the right time and, you know, everything just clicks. But, yeah, definitely staying healthy in the NFL is very difficult. And with the restrictions of 53-man roster, you know, obviously it gets even harder. That's why a lot of times you hear sometimes people are talking about the NFL trying to expand the roster, you know, just to kind of help the teams out a little bit and have a better product on the field, um, when you lo- especially when you lose a really good starter. All right, guys, now that we recap the NFL, let's jump into the fantasy side with Fantasy Football Talk. Dominic, one of the biggest surprises for me was Isaiah Crowell with 22 points. On the Jets offense, I got to be honest with you, man. I had no idea that he had that in him. And also the Jets O-line would be able to beat up on a Matt Patricia defense like that. And I think you touched a little bit on that already. But it was insane, man. Yeah, I just uh, – I was surprisingly shocked with Isaiah. Um, but, again, I, I have to jump back to my man Sam. Uh, he orchestrated that offense. He came back. He led drives. He threw the ball away when he had to. We didn't get to watch much much of it. I got to watch the recap. But my favorite thing from that game was what Todd Bowles said yesterday. Someone asked him, well, do you think uh, Sam's your franchise quarterback? And he said, I'll let you know if he's a franchise quarterback after 100 games. And I think that's the mentality that you want your rookie quarterback's head coach to have. You don't want him to blow too much smoke. And I think he has an even keel mind, and he's going he's gonna to be a good coach for Sam. And I think it's, he's going to have success there. Tommy, do you think that Sam Darnold is uh, fantasy viable at this point, or do we need to wait a little bit more? You know, I, I would wait a little bit more. I mean, looking at his stats right now, he had 16, uh, 16 for 21 attempts, 198 yards, you know, that's uh, with two touchdowns and a pick. Um, you know, that's not bad. Um, but in this league, with the 10-man league, I think you have to be really picky about who you're going to put out there, especially at your quarterback position, as, you know, being in such a huge position as it is. Um yeah, I would wait. I would give it a couple of weeks. But if you're if you're hurting or, you know, you're not happy with, I don't know, Kirk Cousins or, um, you know, I'm trying to think who else would be, you know, at that level, uh, Mitch Trubisky, you know, maybe that's someone you want to switch out for Sam Darnold. Hey, Steve. Oh, I, yeah. Um, who do you, since we're getting into fantasy, who do you think uh, had the biggest week in week one? Oh, man, that's a coin toss. Uh, I'm thinking... Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Uh, and the only reason being is that people were selling his stock hard before the drafts. And everyone was saying there was no way he was going to continue. Um, granted, he didn't have that many targets in this game. But the guy can just do things that some people can't do, man. I mean, uh, you know, the, the the two touchdowns that he had were insane. His speed is out of this world. And to be honest, with you, I was a guy that was saying there's no way I draft Hill in, in the top four. And 
I'm kind of regretting it now, and I think uh, you know a lot of people are. Um, but a close second would definitely be Alvin Kamara, the the human joystick. That guy was uh, lit it up again. Same thing with him. Everyone was thinking there's no way he would be able to you know duplicate what he did last year, and he came out against the Bucks and just destroyed that team by himself. It was crazy. I mean, you're right, Steve, with Tyreek Hill. Um, he touched the ball seven times, and you know, and put up 169 yards and two touchdowns. That's insane. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. insane. That yeah. the, with that kind of production, with such little um, time actually touching the ball, it is ridiculous. And I don't even know, you know, if that 169 yards includes. Uh, the kick return touchdown, which I don't think it does, you know. So there's that as well. He's he's a freak, and um, I, I'm with you, Steve. I, I kind of regret dropping him, you know, pre-draft as as far as I did. Um, but Kamara, I mean, I know that's that's Dominic's boy from last year, so having some regrets there. Oh no, he was gone. I think right before you had the chance. Yep. Um, I mean, I could have took him first overall, but I I just couldn't do it. Um. I, I knew you guys were going to go Tyreek, obviously the most electric player in first week. Uh, Kamara, of course. Um, I have I have Jared Cook on here. I mean, I, I've known of Jared Cook for a while. You know, he's been on the Rams. He's been a couple other teams. Uh, I think the um, did he play for Green Bay for one year too? Yeah, he played for Green Bay one year. Had that mm-hmm. big catch in the playoffs. Yep, but uh, I mean, and I seen him on the Raiders too, and. He looked like the biggest man amongst boys on that field, and he led the league in reception or in yards with 180. Where he tied Thompson from uh, Mike, New Mike Orleans. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Thomas. There we go. Thank you. But uh, yeah, and just watching him live, he he was like a foot taller than everybody too, and he was doing this. It was it was it was a great performance. I was glad to be there. Hey, Tommy, I got a question for you, man. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of uh, James Conner? Do you think <sighs> that it's legit? He's going to keep going? And does that keep Le'Veon Bell uh, off the Steelers? Or does it kind of push him to get back on? Like, because I'm kind of, you know, I, I have James Conner right now on my team. And I'm not going to get rid of him. I'm hoping Le'Veon Bell doesn't come till week 10 because this little guy can play, man. He's a baller. I, I think Conner's legit. You know, Conner beat cancer and i think he's gonna beat the nfl and i think he's gonna possibly beat out levy you know and and it's not just about the 135 yards and the two touchdowns which is amazing but 31 carries like they gave him the rock you know it wasn't like tyree kill where he's just doing as much as he can with as little that he gets they gave him the rock they kept feeding him you know and and the runs that i watched like just going back and watching some film He's breaking tackles. He's making moves. He's a legit NFL starter. And they said before the holdout, he would be a starter on any team, or especially on the Steelers, if he wasn't if he didn't have Le'Veon Bell ahead of him. You know, so I think he's legit. I think he's worth holding on to. It's just tough because you know maybe the better he does, the faster Le'Veon Bell comes back. I don't know. Well, that's a good point, man. Hey, Dominic, um, biggest disappointment for me right now, uh, in this week one. I think is uh, David Johnson. Now I know he scored uh, in um, about 17 points for PPR, full PPR. Um, but I just don't understand how the guy only gets nine rushing attempts uh, in in an offense where I mean he should be featured on every play. Yeah, I think it's hard when you're a running back and you're behind and to get going because uh, he is a catching running back. But you got to get the run going first before you can do play action. And they were so far behind, so quick. And their receiving core, in my opinion, I mean, Fitz is still going to do his thing, but they can't get they can't get off of cornerbacks. 
So they're going to have a hard time, even if they switch Rosen in there. He's not going to do much better than than Darnold. I think the uh, Cardinals look like the worst offensive team behind the Bills. And uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. My, my fantasy duds, I'll do it real quick. Uh, I just have three notes here. M- Marcus Mariota, 103 yards passing. I know there was over four hours of delay in that game, but everyone's yeah, saying this kid's, this kid's going to be a, the truth. And I know this game's an outlier, but I just think he set a, a precedent already for the year. And I hope he bounces back because I want this kid to be good. But I know, Tommy, you believed in him last year and it burnt you a little bit. That's my, that's and, my boy. That's and, my cousin. I hope he comes back. And then <laughs> my, my, other, my other two are LaShawn McCoy. We already talked about it. 22 yards rushing. And then the entire Bills organization for uh, allowing <laughs> allowing for Peterman, sucking. For allowing Peterman to get on the field. And how does that guy start, man? I think it's okay. How, how, does, how does that guy start and they trade A.J. McCarron like – Man, it's incredible, man. These teams, yeah. man. Yeah. What about you, Tommy? What's um, your biggest disappointment? Yeah, you know, I, I have a few players um, that kind of let me down. Not to keep beating the dead horse with the Raiders, but, you know, both Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson were um, super underwhelming. Uh, one catch for Amari and, and three for Jordy. I, I had a lot of hopes for those guys. So, um, But I think my biggest disappointment – mostly because of how high he was drafted in most leagues, especially ours, uh, was Kareem Hunt. Uh, he only had four points in PPR. You know, That's you know, a great one. 16, 16 rushes for 49 yards. Um, and frankly, this is why I stayed away from him. You know, I drafted him last year in the 10th round. I thought that was a steal. He fucking killed it um, for me last year. But then at times he did this, you know, and, and I think this is was more often than not, especially in the middle of the season when it killed my team last year. Uh, it's it's scary to see him do that again because, to, you know, this week I think he could also have 40 points, you know. So it's just um, a wide range of outcomes uh, with this guy. So big disappointment in, in my book. Hey, hey, Tommy, I read us uh, going back to your Amari and uh, Jordy. I read a stat today that said Amari was tied for six for the fastest clock uh, miles per hour while running routes out of 100 <laughs> receivers, tied with Tyreek Hill, which He's was insane. shocking to me. But Jordy Nelson was number 100 at 7.9 miles per hour while running his routes. <laughs> well, I told you at the game, I, I felt bad for Amari. I mean, I was watching him run 15, 20, 30-yard routes, getting open, you know, constantly going down the field and not even getting a look, you know, so he's fast. He's got wheels like Tyreek. He can get out there. He can go deep. Just Cardinals will give him a chance, you know, even if it's a 50-50 ball, at least give your best receiver, your Pro Bowl receiver, a chance. Yeah, no, I agree. And touching back on the uh, Chiefs game, uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, what's scary to me about that is that the game script actually was for Hunt to rush the ball a lot because the Chiefs were leading the entire time, you know, for the majority of the game. So, they could have easily just kind of fed the ball to Hunt, but for him to still only have those fantasy points, I mean, man, I, that's pretty concerning to me. And and I don't think he's going to have that great of a year. I didn't think he was, and, and I don't think he is. Andy Reid was just showing everybody off his new Ferrari. That's why Kareem Hunt didn't get his looks. They his new Cheetah. His new Cheetah. Exactly. They wanted to show Mahomes and be like, see, we are right getting rid of Alex Smith and Tyreek Hill's a beast. That's my opinion. No, I agree. I agree. Now, usually in week one, there's always uh, overreactions. And um, I want to just get one of your guys' maybe just one overreaction that everyone's kind of just freaking about right now in fantasy football. Uh, if I had to pick 
one i almost have two i don't know one i think is the the new orleans defense uh i've already dropped them uh i know dom's already dropped them a lot of people have dropped them uh i don't know if that's really an overreaction because they still have a lot of the same stars they had last year they still have the potential to be a really good defense i just don't think they're going to be the next jacksonville jaguars and that's what i heard for this season so that's a little bit of my overreaction but i i'm moving on I, I missed out on getting the Chicago Bears uh, because of some waiver wire uh, catastrophe. Uh, you're welcome, Steve. Uh, <laughs> with that. Uh, Thank you. But then my other one, uh, as far as a player, I think would be uh, Philip Lindsay for the Broncos. Uh, he had 18 points, you know, and uh, one uh, receiving touchdown. So I think, yeah, he's he's quality. I know I was sitting there about to pull the trigger and drop uh, and pick him up, but. I don't think he's actually going to be viable long-term in fantasy when you have Royce Freeman still there, who's the, clearly the number one running back and a really good running back, plus a great receiving core. So uh, I know a lot of people are, are picking up Philip Lindsay, um, but he's one I would stay away from uh, unless you really need it, you know, unless you, you're really improving uh, with someone that's not as good. Yeah, I have a crazy stat on that one too. I guess both of the both players had 15 uh, attempts rushing attempts and 71 yards rushing. So I, I, I don't think they meant to have it that way. I, like, I agree with you. I think Royce Freeman's still the number one back. I just think for whatever reason, just the way the game kind of evolved, that's what happened. But yeah, I would probably hold off on Lindsay a little bit. I think he's going to be more of a kind of a third down back, a little bit more shifty. Um, but I think Royce Freeman's still the guy there. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are overreacting and what the heck's going on. Cause obviously Royce Freeman just shot up the boards uh, prior to the drafts, and and it you know went pretty high. Dominic, anything you have for that? Yeah, I have a overreaction. Um, I think everyone's already bailing water on the Atlanta Falcons, and I know Julio had a good game, but um, you know I've seen a lot of people. I think Matt Matt Ryan's available on our waiver wire. I think he's going to have a great year. I think Sark needs to figure out their red zone problems, and or get fired, you know, and just have the quarterback coach come in and. Maybe have Matt Ryan call plays, but I think the Falcons are going to turn around. I think they're going to win the division. And I, I'm not a big Atlanta Falcon fan, but I just think, I think they went to the Super Bowl two years ago and they have a lot of the same pieces. And that says a lot for a team. Yeah. And let's just face it, man. The Eagles are a good team. You know, as, as, uh, as much as everyone, like you're saying, uh, is down on the Falcons, the Eagles are a great team. That offense is going to keep going and half their games are in a dome, you know, so yeah. that's always going to help too on that. Hey, Dominic, uh, you having uh, Devontae Freeman, any update on his injury? Yeah, I mean, they, he didn't practice yesterday or today, which isn't a good sign. But I might sit him this week just because I don't like players that don't practice uh, and even even performing in the game, especially with the handcuff like Coleman. So I might have to sit him and get, get crazy and start uh, Melvin Gordon's backup, Eckert, just because uh, I think he, he might have another big game against the terrible Bills. Man, that's all great points, man. Now let's take a look a little um, at the teams in the Super Friends League and do some Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. All right, guys. It was an exciting weekend in the Super Friends League this week. I'm not going to lie. There was a couple um, surprises. I think we all kind of owe Vince an apology. And he just went off, Tommy. He smoked uh, John and Jeeva Strokes right. Excuse me. Jeeva Strikes Back. Uh, this week, one eighty-seven to one hundred six. So, sorry, Vince, my bad. Um, I love you because you're my brother, and I'm never gonna <laughs> vote against you again. Um, yeah, I mean, this was my game of the week. 
uh, for for our league. So congrats, Vince, on on being the first uh, game of the week winner for the 2018 season. Um, your win against Jeeva Strikes Back was the biggest blowout, and got the closest to breaking the record, which I believe is 211 or 210, uh, held by Jeff Goddard, the Godfather. But yeah, 187 for your first week out. Amazing. Uh, way to come out the gates and, and just blow it away. Yeah, man. And Dominic, we also had uh, Art overcome that uh, bonehead move of leaving Julio Jones on the bench and losing out on those 27 points. He was able to beat Matt this week, uh, 140 to 104. So, he, I mean, he smoked him. Yeah, I mean, that was my bold prediction that Art still pulls it off. And it wasn't so much that I liked Art's players. I just didn't like the matchups for uh, Matt's players. And a lot of it came to fruition. And, uh, you know, Matt's probably sitting there going, crap, I got another tough matchup this week. And uh, maybe I need to start making some moves because coming out of an 0-2 hole, to, uh, we talked about, I think, uh, eight games is the magic number to make the playoffs in this league. And yeah, so, that's right. 0-2 out of, what, we got 13 games, so you got to win the next 8 out of uh, 11 or something like that. Yep. Yeah, that's tough right. Road. That's tough yeah. already. Yeah. Yep. We also had uh, Dominic playing uh, Rapoli this week. Uh, he was able to uh, hold on to the lead and beat him 124-113. Even after a couple uh, disappointing quarterback points, uh, Ben Roethlisberger only having 13 points and Deshaun Watson only have 14. Yeah, the Deshaun Watson one kind of surprised me um, with the 14 out of the gate. But, you know, first game back after after being gone, uh, I think I talked about that last week, you know, how he barely got to show anything last year. And, and so that's a lot of time off. So maybe just call it a little bit of rest. But, but yeah. Yeah, we also had in the wind, Dom. Yeah, great job, Dom. And we also had Mexicans who beat the Godfather, a 151 to 127. Uh, and uh, even with uh, Doc Baldwin scoring zero points, Obviously, he'll be out for quite some time, so we don't know. Um, they're saying two to three weeks, so we'll see how long he's out. Um, but that was a big win for the Mexicans. And lastly, I think the the biggest game was, uh, in my opinion, obviously the, the defending champ, uh, Aaron Fosberg and uh, Tommy's team, Brady's Brown Boys. Uh, Tommy, you just, just got smoked them this week, man. Woo. 146 to 93. Woo, woo. Yeah, uh, even with pulling uh, zero points from the New Orleans Saints defense, uh, still able to hold it off. Pretty excited about that. You know, one person to get to talk about earlier that had an amazing week was Michael Thomas with the seventeen. Uh, was it seventeen targets with sixteen catches? Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, sixteen catches, 16 catches. for one hundred eighty yards and a touchdown. That's that's like. Uh, Jarvis Landry numbers on crack, you know, or on steroids, you know, on crack. <laughs> exactly. Crack. <laughs> Meg, Meg, Megatron, yeah, Megatron numbers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, they, my team didn't perform completely well across the board, but um, Michael Thomas and, you know, Tom Brady definitely carried me to that win. So I'm um, glad to just start the season one and I do. I would like to make a shout out to Fosberg uh, for having two first round draft picks or two second round draft picks. Sorry and still losing his first uh, matchup. But the shout-out is because Fosberg and I were talking trades already because of that lo terrible loss to Tommy. And uh, we were talking about being afraid of trading such a good player, and we dubbed it the Steven Batista effect. So I think that's the new thing that, that the league <laughs> Thanks, needs guys. to makes to take up. <laughs> if you don't know, uh, Steve traded away Todd Gurley last year, and he thinks they would have won the championship. championship. 
Yep, definitely would have. Oh, and he definitely for, traded the championship away. <laughs> so it's You're called welcome, the, again. Ba- the Batista effect, and so don't let that affect your trades. Uh, can I just drop That's a crazy. quick uh, free nugget real quick? Don't trade away oh, Todd Gurley or your top <laughs> pick. Free nuggets. Just a quick that, free that's nugget. That's not a nugget. That's a don't be a bonehead, Tib. Yeah, that's man, the that was crazy. Batista effect. So now, guys, with the week one uh, in the books uh, in the Super Friends League, what do you guys is uh, Tommy? What do you think is uh, the early contenders for the championship for the Hasbin Trophy? You know, and I, I don't think I should be talking about my own team here, so. I'm going to go with Vince. I'm going to go with Noble Savages. Um, you know, he's already, I think, projected for, for the highest point total this week with, I believe it's 146. And if he, if, you know, if his guys can stay healthy, I think that's the only thing that would be his downfall because um, his team's pretty solid. Um, I, I had some, I had some slight doubts about Kamara going into the season, just because I think it's tough to repeat, you know, sophomore slump maybe, <clears throat> but his team's looking solid. Um, like I said, as, as long as they stay healthy, I think they can pull him all the way to the championship. Dominic, who do you got, man? I mean, week one is too early to make a, a contender prediction, but you, since we only have one week, you got to give it to Vince. He he tried to break the fantasy score this this week, and it, like Tommy said, it, his team is uh, high, high ceiling, but scary floor as well. But uh, yeah, right now it's got to be Vince after one game. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you guys. And and to your point, Dominic, it's kind of hard right now to tell um, how the fantasy season's going to go. I'm playing Vince this week, and I'm pretty nervous. I'm not going to lie. If his team balls out like they did last week, I mean, I can see Kamara scoring 40 points every week. You know, I don't think it's I don't think he's going to slow down. It's insane. I would believe that. I'd second that. I don't think there's anything showing, especially with Mark Ingram uh, not being there. People have thought that not having an every down back like Mark Ingram to really punch it in there, um, you know, and get those tough yards was going to hurt Kamara, but I don't see any sign of that. I, I throw that all out the window. Kamara's, you know, I think too early to call MVP of the league, but I'm going to say it right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree as well. And uh, Dominic, who do you think uh, needs to make some moves around this week? Try to get back on the, on the winning circle. Oh, I definitely think uh, Fosberg needs to trade Bell right now when there's still mis- mystique of when he's going to return because he'll get the highest value for him. And like I said, if you go to 0-2, I don't think it's a hard road to get out of. It's not impossible. I think I started 0-2 last year and made it to the finals. But um, uh, an example of the trade I would do, uh, not to give him any pointers or anything like that, but just wanted to give an example. Is this a, I'd ask, is this a free nugget? It might be a sounds, free nugget. It sounds like a free nugget. <laughs> okay, all right, guys. I would, it's a free <laughs> nugget. Free nugget. <laughs> it, I would trade uh, Le'Veon Bell for Julio Jones in Minnesota's D. I would get a number one receiver and try to get it squeaked a little bit more out of it because Le'Veon Bell could be the number one back if he comes back week two or three. We've seen it before. You know what's funny about that is I actually offered him. I had picked up James Conner uh, from the waiver wire. I had actually drafted him, dropped him, almost did a Camara of last year. Then picked him up again and offered him to Fosberg for like about an hour. And then I started reading some stuff about Bell saying the week 10, week 10. And I was like, oh, I think I'm not going to trade him it. after all. Yeah. So I didn't want to give him another <laughs> but no, championship. No one, no one wants to tr- trade for somebody that you picked up on the waiver. That just gives you a oh, bad yeah, feeling. Even if, it's, even if it's fair and it's a fair trade, everyone's like, that guy got that guy for free. 
not that's my that's what I think when people try to trade me waiver wire guys. I mean, there's definitely exceptions to that rule. I think like Kamara last year, you know, but that's an Alvin Kamara. You know, that uh, it's one in a hundred or whatever. You know, most of the time, I agree with you. That'd be an outlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whoever you're picking up, you know, a lot of times isn't you know a top five player in the league, but every once in a while there is. Oh yeah, I would I would definitely still make a trade like for that exactly for that example of Kamara, but. I'm just saying that's the mentality of everyone when someone sends them a trade offer with a waiver guy. No, I definitely agree. All right, guys. And then just to uh, kind of recap last week's pickums for us, uh, right now uh, Tommy is in the lead. He was three out of five last week. And Dominic and uh, myself have a little bit of catching up to do. We're two out of five last week. So um, we definitely were off quite a bit last week. Uh, Tommy, you're probably the best one, man. I'll, I'll take the one point lead. That, that's for sure. But, um, you know, I think that just shows everything up to this point, And even for now, it's all speculation. But, you know, until you, that's what I was most excited about week one. We were just, you got to see what was going to happen, how these guys are actually going to perform. No, definitely. I agree. So uh, now it's time for the blazing predictions. Blazing predictions. All right. On week two, the first matchup we got is uh, Vince versus myself. Uh, one versus two. Um, it's going to be a quite an interesting matchup, and obviously he's got the two uh, human joysticks, Tyreek Hill and Alvin Kamara. Tommy, who you got on this one? I have to go with Noble Savages because I learned my lesson from last week. It has nothing to do with you, Steve, or your team. Uh, I just feel bad for not picking my brother and seeing what happened. So uh, if I if I know if he was here with me, I would have gotten a lot of noogies for that. <laughs> what about you, Dom? Uh, I got Steve. Uh, you're going to get a solid quarterback play out of your because you made a good trade, and then uh, your alt, but your ultimately your combo of three running backs is too much for Vince, and it loses in a close one, less than eight points. Man, I like it. Yeah. All right. The next one we got is uh, obviously I'm going to pick myself on that one. I think I'm going to be able to smoke Vince. So uh, good luck, Vince. Um, next one we got is Matt versus Tommy, the uh, nemesis game, apparently. Tommy, I'm hoping you're picking yourself on this one, man. I will be picking myself uh, again. Um, but yes, Matt, uh, like Vince said, you may not have known it, but you you are my nemesis in fantasy. I have not. I think I've only won a couple times, possibly against you. I think you've also kicked me out of the playoffs one time. So, yeah, I'm hoping I get a W this week. Um, But we'll see because every time that I think that's going to happen, I end up losing. So I'm picking myself, but I'm not super confident about that. Dominic? I think uh, Matt and Tommy's game is much closer than predicted. uh, But I still think Tommy pulls it out because one of his two stud wide receivers goes off. And the other one's quite pedestrian, but he still pulls off the victory because of that one receiver. Yeah, man, I definitely have to go with Tommy on this one. And and mainly it's those three receivers, man. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I mean, the Saints aren't showing me anything uh, on defense. So I, I have to think he's going to have a pretty good game. And then Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown for a big uh, rebound game. I'm thinking he's probably going to score a couple touchdowns. So sorry, Matt, definitely going with Tommy on this one. I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a route, but we'll see. All righty. Next game, we have the Godfather, Jeff, uh, against the defending champ, Aaron uh, Fosberg. Uh, I have uh, Fosberg winning this one, you know, partly because of tonight and, and A.J. Green getting those three touchdowns. So that was pretty ridiculous. He They put a stat up there that <clears throat> he's never scored three touchdowns in one game in his entire career. So um, 
yeah, good, <laughs> good thing for Fosley this week. But uh, yeah, I think he has enough of the talent to, to, to pull off the win and, and some of the guys that Jeff's team is going against, um, you know, he's going to get some tough defenses. So, uh, like you said, with David Johnson being a little underwhelming last week, you know, against the Rams, I think maybe he does the same kind of pedestrian type of numbers, you know, where maybe it's double digits, but it's in, you know, 10 to 12 range. We'll see. Dominic? Um, even though Aaron had a good performance tonight from AJ Green, he falls to 0 and 2, uh, because of under, no love of, for Foster. <laughs> underperformance of luck. And he makes makes him want to trade Bell instantly. So everyone get on the the trade block next week, and you'll pick up a solid running back if he ever comes back. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Fosberg on this one. I think he's gonna be one and one. I just look at uh, Jeff's team, man, and he's a lot of tough matchups, especially David Johnson. I mean, that's his number one pick. That's supposed to be his bell cow on his team. And going against the Rams, I've seen him up close, man. Aaron Donald is the truth. I mean, he is just a beast. He destroys um, offensive lines. Um, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster is going to be okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going with with Aaron taking that one. Um, Next one we have is uh, Aaron Rapoli and uh, John. Kind of a a weird game. Uh, Obviously, Aaron's kind of out to a slow start. Um, But, Tommy, who do you got on this one, man? I'm going with John. Yeah, again, partly because of, you know, the outcomes of tonight's game with with Baltimore only getting two points um, after having a phenomenal week last week. So that was kind of surprising uh, to see. But yeah, John, you know, John's got Cam Newton down Atlanta, uh, D-Hop at Tennessee, you know, Thielen at Green Bay. He's going in some decent matchups, some of those guys, but... Uh, I think he's had some he has some solid players and and as much as I love Ezekiel Elliott on Rapoli's team, you know he was also on my list as a possible fantasy dud because you know he didn't really do much. But we'll we'll see. You know I think if uh, if if Rapoli can figure out a better tight end than Austin Safari and Jenkins, you know maybe uh, his team could vastly improve and and definitely start getting some wins. That's not like yeah. a free nugget right there. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> Do you have a suggestion for even more free nugget? <laughs> Um, you know, I think, uh, I think one free nugget a week is good. You know, I, I'm liking, um, <laughs> uh, I think the tight end is definitely, you know, a, a real position of need on, on Rapoli's team. I was looking on his bench to see if he had anyone else. And I think that's the only tight end he's running with. So the Seahawks yeah, tight end. end, pick up the Seahawks tight end. <laughs> <laughs> free nuggets. I have uh John in this, Rapoli has enough firepower. Although I will say a, a kind of a, a sleeper for me this week is Adrian Peterson against Indy. Uh, he had a monster game last week, and I think he's going to have a good week. So you never know. Maybe those running backs kind of come through for uh, Rapoli, but I just don't see it with uh, D-Hops probably bouncing back and, and the Vikings having a pretty good day against the uh, the Green Bay Packers with uh, John having feeling and Dalvin Cook. So definitely taking John this week. And uh, let's see, the last one we have. Oh, uh, I got I to gotta pick that one. Oh, I'm sorry, Dominic. Go sorry, ahead, bud. John, John runs away with it. Uh, Rapoli looks like an early contender for the first ever two-peat of the Laughing Ass Trophy. Oh, and man. Then he gets a uh, – from work, he gets a letter of anthrax and sends it to Fosberg's house. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> wow. That's pretty bold, man. All right, man. Moving on to the last game. Uh, we have Dominic Rickard versus Art Ceballos. It's kind of close right now. Uh, it's predicted at 124 to 129. I don't know, Tommy, this looks like a, maybe a game of the week um, potential or what? Oh, yeah, definitely potential game of the week here. I mean, it's a close matchup. Both teams are one and one. Uh, or, sorry, both teams are one and zero. 
uh, having both won first week games. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, Art's team with Aaron Rodgers, after last week, I mean, the guy, he's amazing <laughs> to, to, to do what he did on, on one leg. One leg. You know, it's insane. One leg. Know? But but the rest of his team, in my opinion, it, uh, is lacking a bit, in, especially with running backs um, and outside of Julio Jones. I mean, Cooper Cup's amazing. I've seen him live. That guy's the real deal. But but I might have to be going with Dominic's team on this one again because I saw Gurley in person, and Gurley's the truth. Um, if, if Dominic can figure out um, another running back besides Devontae Freeman to throw in there, I think he'll pull it out. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Dominic. Yeah, man, I think I'm going to take uh, Art in this one. and But, uh, uh, you know, I just I like Julio Jones. Um, like you said, Cooper Cup. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, and he's got Gronkowski, man. I think Gronkowski, even though he's going against the Jags, you know, I've been talking a lot of trash this week, man. So I think Gronk comes to play and has a monster game. And then with uh, Dominic's team, Mike Evans maybe regresses a little bit to Sean Watson. I'm not sold on yet, but you never know. He always has that potential. Um, and then the Devontae Freeman, man, that's um, – that's sorry, Dominic. That sucks to have a guy that could already injured so early in, in the week – or excuse me, in the season. Oh, yeah, I definitely have myself, uh, not because I think my team's so much better, but because of the matchups Arts guys have. Yeah, Rodgers is amazing, but he's hurt still. He might not play, or I think he's going to play bad because he's going against Minnesota's defense. And it's sometimes fantasy is about matchups, so I got a lucky draw this week. And then again, Gronk's playing the Jags. Yeah, I think Gronk might do good because of the crap talking, but I don't think they're going to score much. So I like myself, and I do think Watson's going to have a 25-plus performance. Like that. Very cool, guys. Um, well, uh, good luck to everyone playing this week, and good luck to all the listeners and in your own fantasy uh, football leagues this week. Uh, thanks for making this part of your day, and we look forward uh, to next week's podcast. Um, as always, please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app chat, or you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at FB Savant. You find me at TMO52 underscore. And I'm Yeast Mode 24. Awesome, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great week. Good luck. You don't want to F with me. I'm always fresh with it. On my best weekly, you ain't stressing me. This is too hard. I'm moving straight to the top. Coming with the foot up for the number one spot. Pushing my back like a push out on the block. Holding my down so the weapons get lost. Chuck it, chuck it. Chuck it, chuck it. Chuck it, chuck it. Chuck it, chuck it.